And we're back to the shit show of French politics. Second part, talking about Front National, about the extreme right. Yeah, such a happy topic this week. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so in the first part, we discussed a lot about the Front National, how it evolved uh, ideologically a bit, uh, how it encroached uh, in the in the French uh, political landscape. Uh, but what I would like to discuss a bit more in the second part is the specific histories of, uh, of French racism, and especially right now, how it fits into the wider global, uh, global conversation. I think that's uh, something you were interested in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, um, so the, Couple of uh, so again, French racism has um, has a lot of similarities with uh, with what you would find abroad. Uh, especially something very prominent is how it translated from biological racism, which still exists, but uh, but has been um, has been a bit debunked by uh, by science and now it's much more the conversation about uh, about cultural issues in that it's a it's not a problem of biology or it's not stated outright more implied but it's yeah but different culture that cannot integrate uh, we need biological to... racism you mean eugenics and yes. all this uh... These different theories or sciences, false, fake sciences that were part of the discourse in the early until the early twentieth century, no, on, or the the first half of the twentieth century, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, exactly. on how the different races, how the different races were uh, somewhat handicapped compared to the. Uh, white Caucasian race. Yeah, exactly, and and you still have it, especially in uh, in intelligence uh, measure test and how different ethnic groups uh, don't have the don't have the same IQs. But I feel like that most of the discourse has strayed from strictly uh, eugenic perspective because again, World War Two uh, uh, came through and debunking of this of uh, this pseudoscience came through. And now I feel like the discourse is much more about culture, with the idea that uh, some cultures really cannot uh, cannot live together, cannot uh, cannot mix, and uh, and that's uh, that's the whole uh, gist of the white uh, ethno nationalism. That's saying that the white culture is specific and needs to have its own space and uh, and should not uh, should not be mixed or uh, or. Um, Or, or overtaken by foreign cultures. Before we leave the eugenics behind, or before we park the eugenics, uh, one of the things that I've heard or read, I don't remember, about eugenics was that it was a, a genuine science, in the sense that uh, it, it was understood, or the, the proponents, or many of the proponents of it, were... Uh, approaching it as if it was a genuine science and and they were trying what let's say the cultural uh, trappings that led to that also were that uh, of course we are since we're in an imperialist white savior culture and that's the narrative and the rationale that we've articulated to justify the Use of force to colonize and to and to and to bring our empire our empire in a way that it doesn't feel so um, just uh, unfair exploitation. 
then we need to build also or from from that baseline we build we try to understand why are they underdeveloped why are they underprivileged and why they have less cognitive uh, capacities than the colonizers yeah yeah abso absolutely i mean this uh, this is not really our subject and not one i'm a specialist about but what is no called uh, scientific racism was very much i would say is still very much a thing with the idea that there are uh, innate uh, biological differences intelligence differences uh, and and that this is why uh, different ethnic population uh, cannot really cohabit cohabitate uh, and especially shouldn't mix uh, with the white supremacy angle that is definitely a thing uh, if you really want to be depressed uh, I suggest uh, reading a bit into it uh, but again it's, uh, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a huge yes, subject sorry I, I remember it was I remember when we went to the um, Berlin Museum of History mm -hmm. I think um, that's where I where I learned that the interracial marriage was not banned from the get-go, but it was since they started to realize that this started to spread or to become more common in uh, in uh, German uh, in German uh, couples uh, living in the in the colonies or in German people living in the in the colonies that there is where the one-drop rules and the different uh, rules to. Um, to avoid interracial marriage or, or to, to prohibit criminalized interracial marriage uh, came up. And I guess in France, the, the evolution might have been similar, right? Yeah, it's a bit similar. But, uh, but again, we've had some, uh, some specificities and, and I would like to, to go over them very quickly. So the first, for the first one, we have to get back to, uh, to World War I because World War I was, uh, was a huge massacre and especially World War I. So a lot of lives were lost. And there was also a demographic deficit because during the war, of course, there were no births. And after with all the the men, uh, the men that died, there was also um, there was also a, a small population, and uh, and demographic anxiety uh, was already very strong in France because it was uh, it was one of the countries in Europe that uh, that uh, that had the uh, smaller demography at this time, and. And during that time, because uh, because again there was this deficit, that's when uh, I mentioned it last time we started having um, European migrant wave, and and it's very interesting because the because some of the people in the far right right now uh, have this discourse of saying oh but the integration of the Spanish and Portuguese and Italians uh, into it all fine because we're of the same European culture and when you read the newspaper and uh, we're a model minority yeah and discourse at the time absolutely not I mean in the 2030s it was exactly the same that uh, that this population they are too different from the French they will never be able oui. to to integrate great yes yeah yeah and those the the racist discourse hasn't changed uh in its fundamental it just moves to whichever wave of immigration and and so in the 2030s there, there was already this anxiety of the of the french population is going to is going to to disappear and the specifics of french culture is going to is going to disappear and then Moving forward to to after to after World War Two, when we started having uh, immigration. So after World War Two, there was again 
a need for reconstruction and there were a lot of migrant workers but that came this time from the french colonies and especially from from north uh, from north africa uh, and and here there are two huge issues that are going to that are going to come the first the first one is the fact that uh, that the that for well a lot of the migrant workers they did uh, what is uh, what is rather frequent they came to france worked for a couple of years made some money and then and then came back uh, and then came back to to their own countries um, and uh, and gradually there was this notion that was that was peddled by part of the French political class and by part of the population that uh, migrants in France uh, have a, a vocation to leave. They are not supposed to settle. But uh, any research on migration show that, yes, part of the migrants settled, uh, come for a couple of years and then leave, but part of the migration settled. And there was always this sort of uh, of fundamental error saying that uh, migrants should not have vocation to settle long terms, which, uh, which no, it's actually some of the, some may not, but some of them do. And, 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 espe and especially you, with... did it. you say you were leaving? Sorry? Uh, <laughs> did you say... It's been great. It's been great having you. But uh, when did you say you were leaving our house? <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's a, that's the first issue, and the and the and the second one uh, is the specific issue of the war in Algeria. Because not getting into too much detail, because again, I'm really not a specialist of this period. But uh, but the French decolonization war in um, in uh, current day uh, Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and in Algeria were extremely brutal, especially the war in Algeria, uh, complete with all the horrors that you can imagine. And it's really cemented in the far right, obviously, but also in part of the population, the idea that... Uh, that um, Arabic people and especially uh, and especially uh, Islam is dangerous is potential terrorist because there was uh, there was obviously um, uh, terrorism uh, attack from the the Algerian Liberation Front. There was also terrorist uh, groups from uh, from the um, from the French far right opposing the opposing the independence. But yeah, but the the violence of the war in Algeria really, really, really cemented the uh, the fear, fear 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 of the Arab uh, in in general. And then moving on to the two thousand the um, the, te the, te the, terror, the terrorist attack of nine yeah. eleven and then the twenty fifteen uh, terrorist attack sort of added another layer in that. And so right now the notion that uh, all uh, all Muslims or potentially a danger. All Muslims are uh, want to want to mass convert or want to or want to take over. It's yeah. Right now, it's so ingrained. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a really uh, it's a really important to to keep in to keep in mind. And it's yeah. And it's so common and so pervasive now. It's a yeah. It's a very really disgusting at times. I think at some point we we should kind of at least talk a bit about what do we categorize under the label terrorism mm -hmm. right because it's uh, it's also very convoluted no it's yeah, it's, it's become a... kind of a 
placeholder or a bucket for for anything that it's not uh, state um, stately sanctioned, right, or mm. stately approved, and uh, and we're talking about uh, about a, a colonized uh, a colonized uh, a region with uh, with a military regime uh, uh, enforcing the presence and the interest of another country that it's always first in line. So. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know the specifics of that story, but I think it's also a, a it's also an interesting subject to to reflect on. Right? Yeah, of course. I was I was taking the point of view of the, the of the oh yes of the media and yeah. political discourse. Obviously, the the resistance fighters against the Nazis were branded terrorism at the at the time. Yeah. So it's a so it's a very complicated uh, complicated label, but. Part of the part of the strategy of the independentists were to have uh, bomb attacks and and to and to target uh, and to target civilians and and this stuck this uh, this re- I mean um, uh, I mean yeah decades after it really remains strong and and at the at the same time the notoriously the French army in Algeria used torture used uh, summary executions also to try to try to pressure the popu- the population so uh, independently of label it was uh, it was an absolutely uh, disgusting conflict the the French army uh, committed war crimes for decades there was a huge taboo in discussing it and yeah obviously we're talking about a country trying to trying to win its independence so the so also the the the, the blame should not be all things all things equal if we want to discuss it fairly but but yeah what i want to underline is how much the impact of the war in algeria has permeated the the general the general French culture and the and perception of this uh, radical uh, radical uh, Islamism, Islamism and yeah absolutely because when when we think about Islamophobia and the perception of radical Islamism we think about the more the more recent big thing 9-11, the twenty fifteen attacks and and they play a huge part in that but in France the the roots go deeper oh, so 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 let's say in an ang- English speaking world uh, the the evolution can be can be traced a bit more closely not to 911 and to how that has has been a, a huge catalyst for uh, the vilification of uh, of islamism yeah i i expect that w- there would also be uh older roots uh in 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 that but uh, absolutely but, 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 but again, before but before we had uh, we had uh, R- russia right there there was uh, this uh, evil error <laughs> <laughs> um, enemy to 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 face and and there was this uh, this con- this uh, cultural construct around the USSR and around the pop culture that was uh, very very focused on Russian Soviet communist uh, um, com- communist cultures no no not so much on on races on on uh, Islam Islamic uh, Islamic culture it was kind of this is an underdog it's uh, it's uh, they are not uh, powerful enough or there's not they're not a contestant to the game right? yeah exactly and uh, and and co- connecting with the whole notion of uh, of Islamic threat uh, threat. Um, one uh, one thing I would really like to talk about uh, is um, is the so-called Great Replacement theory, 
so the great replacement theory, it's a conspiracy theory that states that, uh, that there is an elite conspiracy to replace a white population with immigrant, uh, with immigrant population. And uh, so there are variants of the theory saying that, of course, you have the anti-Semitic version, so it's orchestrated, orchestrated by... Uh, by the Jews or the or the Jewish uh, conspiracy, you have the more general that the elites uh, can uh, prefer having a migrant population they can exploit. Uh, but uh, but the the core the core of the Great Replacement theory is it's again connected to the one drop rule that there are waves of migrants coming and they are going to and they are going to to take over. It is somewhat catchy actually because I remember very distinctly. In my adolescent, hearing that idea of you know, in here in the civilized uh, Spain, uh, we uh, we only have one or two children most, but you know, in third countries they're having uh, they're having uh, six, seven, ten. So at the end, they're going to be more than us, and they're going to and. They, they are going to take over or something like that. Or a version of that was something that came in my it, that came into my radar, at least in, in my adolescence. Yeah, exactly. So it's I mean, this notion of uh, of migration uh, sub submersion with the idea that uh, the white population don't have uh, that many children and the, and the migrants have a lot of have a lot of children. It's been there for quite a long time. Uh, just so we're clear, it's been thoroughly debunked by demographs um, and statisticians saying that... Uh, and first, to talk about a replacement, you would have to state that, again, uh, um, uh, ethnical groups are clearly separate, and we know that they mix, they evolve, so the notion of uh, pure racial group is already bonkers. Um but uh, but it has been very successful lately, and and thanks to we have uh, Tucker Carlson uh, really doing the doing bank on the on the replacement theory, and it's yes. uh, and it's at the core at the at the core of all this uh, terrible terrible mass shooting massacres. Uh, yes, um, many. yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, but just so we clear the so the notion of uh, migrant submersion. Is older than that, but the great replacement uh, term uh, has become uh, very effective uh, from a media perspective, and it was coined by a Frenchman. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so the great replacement theory uh, came um, was uh, developed in the in the 2010s by French author uh, Renaud Camus, who wrote uh, a whole book on this and that did a lot of media appearance. And when you Renaud Camus. Yes, the first Camus. Uh, no, no, not the, not the first Camus. Just no, 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 no. Uh, no my name. Uh, and and when you listen to these guys' interviews, because he does a lot of them, uh, you realize that the start, the reason why he started working about the Great Replacement, and was just because he saw a couple of uh, Muslim women with veil uh, in his village in front of his very old church, and he felt like that they shouldn't be here. It was uh, it was offensive to his eyes to see Muslim women in front of his uh, lovely uh, country village church, and 
and he built this whole theory of uh, of the immigrants uh, are going to are going to replace us. Did he use any science or any any Excel <laughs> sheets for that? Or no, obviously not. Okay. Uh, when the again, when you listen in interviews, and because it's a conspiracy theory, so again, conspiracy theories are here to. Some some primal fears and some Ex some very catchy. So so they are very contagious, no? Yeah. But they they are mostly emotional and they don't they appeal to some primal fears and uh, and instinctive elements that are that you know that something's wrong and I'm gonna tell you why. And emotionally, you're going to relate to it. Yes, exa exactly. And no matter how much you debunk, it's reused less because when you, uh, again, you see it a lot in um, in media interviews and discussion. If you, if, well, you, some people come up with numbers saying this is not true. It's just that population are mixing. It's, uh, but then say, Oh, but people have this feeling and this, uh, and, and they have the feeling that they are being replaced. And if you go out in the street, you can, you can see. So they just say, I'm seeing grown people in the street and, and this is offensive. And I feel like I'm not a minority. And even if the numbers prove that it's wrong, it doesn't matter because people feel like they are not, uh, they, they have to share their, their space under, with, uh, with people of color. And their feelings are valid. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's just, it's just insane, but this insanity gets people killed. And, and again, let's salute this, <laughs> this French uh, cultural success because it has permeated now the notion of the great replacement is uh, is everywhere the notion of being replaced was invoked by the pro the protesters of the far right rally of Charlottesville uh, uh, in 2017 and then the and then most notably in 2019 the the Christchurch uh, shootings in New Zealand were made in the name of the great replacement it was the title of the of the shooters manifesto and he very explicitly targeted muslim population Based on this, uh, based on this notion, so and this so yeah, it's... in in Uvalde, Texas, a couple of days ago, and uh, yeah, exactly. In no. a in a primary school shooting with uh, with uh, more than a dozen a dozen uh, children dead. Yeah, so now it's uh, and yeah, and, and every time I, I read about these uh, these mass shootings, it's it's horrifying because yeah, this the, I mean again. This notion didn't start with the term Great Replacement because that's in the 2010s and the notion of migration submersion is, uh, is not new. But, uh, but the way uh, Renaud Camus coined the Great Replacement term and made it a conspiracy theory and stoked the fires of, uh, of cultural fear, uh, it was extremely effective. And, and now it's, it's absolutely deadly and, and it's horrifying. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, we'll cut the, we'll we'll cut here, and we'll continue in uh, in another installment in just a minutes for us, and probably a couple of days for for anyone that listens closely. Thank you. Thank you.